You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. So I got this phone call. The voice on the other end of the, the phone was like, hey, pastor, I need to meet with you. And whenever you hear that, it could be a range of issues. So I, I it sounded urgent. So I went and met and uh, met with this young man. Um, and I just remember him shaking as he was asking this question. How do I know God's will for my life? And as I dug further into it, uh, this young man was was struggling with the decision. He wanted to know, like, who should I marry? And um, uh, how do I know when it's the right person? And how do I know that I'm not making a mistake? And how do I hear from God? And uh, there was so much tension and anxiety that he was carrying about this. And um, the conversation I'd like to have today is actually really similar to the conversation I had with him. And it's around this question, you know, can we hear from God and and know His will? And how do we know His will? Hebrews 1, um, verses 1 through 2 says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors, to the prophets, in many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, Jesus, whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom He also made the universe. So God has always spoken and spoken in many ways, scripture, prophets, miracles, etc. And Jesus becomes our voice to listen to. And he becomes a model for us, a primary model for us on how to listen to our Heavenly Father. You know, next week, I want to dig into some of the practical models on on how people um, in scripture and through Christian history um, have listened and heard God's voice and, and gotten a sense of God's guidance and direction in their life. But this week, I want to really tackle that young man's question is, how do I hear from God and can I know his will and how do I know I haven't missed it? Because that's the, I think, the bigger question for many people underneath like is God speaking and does God speak and how do I you how do I know his will it's uh, what is God saying to me and how do I not miss out or mess up it's like fomo or fomu how do I not <laughs> miss out or fear of missing out or fear of messing up in our life and often there's kind of two that uh, kind of extreme approaches to um thinking about listening to God and finding God's will it's usually um, on one side, God doesn't speak at all, and on another, on the other side, it's God speaking like a word a minute. And I need a word a minute. I need God's word about everything, like what you know, clothes I'm going to wear today, what you know, food I should eat, and which direction I should go as I'm walking to my work or my school or my wherever. And there's kind of this word a minute uh, on one side, and there's like God's not speaking um, to us. He's spoken maybe in the scriptures at a, at a time, but not today. So I'd just like to maybe offer uh, maybe a different way of thinking about God's will and, and God's voice in our life. And what I'd like to offer is maybe a more relational understanding or a relational theology. And so we're just going to look at four relational principles on how we think about knowing God's will and hearing God's voice. 
Now, these principles and metaphors have been heavily influenced and adapted from some of the, the great work of Dallas Willard. I mean, this guy, he is, a, I think, a, a master of following Jesus, just like a master saint, someone that we can, we can learn from. And I've also probably been influenced by C.S. Lewis just because, you know, of his work on, on kind of relational theology and understanding, um, you know, free will and human agency. So I want to, I want to definitely just give homage to those leaders and their influence on this. So here's the first, um, the first principle. God speaks to us in reliable ways if we learn to hear his voice. I think we're designed to hear God's voice, yes, even today, and to know God's will for us today. Um, Jesus said in John chapter 10, the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The guard at the gate opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whenever he has gathered all his sheep, he goes before them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger, but will run away because they don't know the stranger's voice. Like a young sheep that can tell the voice of the mother sheep out of a thousand other voices, Jesus speaks to us today. God speaks to us. And his sheep hear and know his voice. I think humans are designed to hear God's voice. But just like any voice, we have to get attuned to it. We have to pay attention for its quality, its timber, its frequency. You know, I remember playing football in high school and on Friday nights, uh, I remember playing in the varsity games and through the, all the crowd noise at Civic Stadium up in Bellingham and through the band playing all the songs that they played and even through the intense sounds of the football game on the field and the yelling of the coaches and the players, I could hear through all of that my dad's voice. Because I knew his voice. I could hear him from the stands. He wasn't on the field. He was in the stands. And I had spent my life getting to know my father. And I knew his voice. And also, he had a pretty loud voice. <laughs> he could just cut through things. But I just knew it. In the book of Matthew, you read uh, this moment where God is speaking um, you know, at the baptism of his son, Jesus. And, you, and it sounds like thunder, but the... But the Bible says that it was God saying, this is my son, listen to him. Like, listen to him. So we're designed to listen to Jesus. And through Jesus, we can learn how to listen to our Heavenly Father. Principle number two, God doesn't want to just be bossing us around for eternity. Here's what it is. He wants us to grow up and live a life in the freedom and creativity of being creatures of free will. We can't learn, we can't grow in wisdom and in character uh, without some freedom and responsibility. I think it's impossible if we're just kind of bossed around uh, or programmed like robots. We, we don't have the ability to learn ourselves or to build character or build wisdom. This is the, one of the reasons I don't do my daughter's math homework. Not because I can't, but because she can't. <laughs> Um, at least at this point, she's, we're kind of on an even level at this point, but, and although I can do math faster than her, usually I don't because, uh, I want her to be able to grow and learn it herself. It might be quicker. It might be easier. It might allow us to go do something fun, 
but I want her to learn how to do math. I want her to build the character trait of patience and perseverance so that she can learn to do other difficult things too. And I want her to feel the God-given feeling of joy that accompanies accomplishment and learning. And so it is with God and us. Here's another illustration. You know, when I take my kids to the playground, especially when they were younger, when I used to take them when they were really young, um, I don't, I, I didn't call out exactly what toy they should go and play on. Um, very often I wouldn't be like, monkey bars, now, slide, now, stairs, stat, that tube thing, go down that now, crawl, crawl back up it, slide again. No, I wasn't like calling out instructions exactly like that. Instead of controlling every move they made, I gave them a range within uh, the boundaries of the playground. And there were certain toys that I did tell them, hey, stay off that one. You know, I'd see like a kid that was like way too high, like 30 feet high and some parent like not paying attention, <laughs> which, you know, can happen at a, at a playground. I'm not judging, uh, but I, I could just foresee horrible things happening. So I'd say, hey, you can't play on that toy, but you can play on everything else and then stay within the playground, stay within these boundaries. Whatever they chose to play within the playground, within those boundaries in healthy ways is with, was within my will as a father. So isn't that interesting? My will was, there was a general will, not just only specific. Sometimes it was specific, but often it was just general. It's also within uh, their wills as my children and part of their growth and development as human beings uh, to, to expand and learn in a playground setting. Occasionally, they'd have a question or they'd need like clear direction, you know, like a kid pushing them over and they'd cry like, why do they do that? What do I do? You know, or something. Um, and maybe they need a little help getting down from something that all of a sudden felt too high when they got on top of it. But in general, the playground was for them to learn and play and build relationships. Their wills, you know, their little wants, the Dallas Willard used to call this their our wanters. So their wills or wanters, their, their world was expanding, their wisdom um, was expanding, and eventually the, they would outgrow the playground. Um, and they will outgrow the playground. This fills me with joy because it means that they're changing, they're, they're transforming, they're growing. And again, this is how it is with us and God. In different arenas and different areas, God puts us in places and puts us in relationships and in scenarios where we can grow and make decisions and exert our will and become more human. Principle number three, if God really wants to guide a certain decision and we're listening, he will make it clear. So if there's something really specific, we can trust that God will make it clear. Now, there's a lot of anxiety around making the exact right decision in our life and a fear, again, of missing out or messing up. It reminds me of that young man I was talking to about, like, who should I marry? And, I, you know, he, he, was, he was getting a little bit of fear of, of, of the messing up and missing out, and that was stealing his ability to make a choice. Then he was like, what's God's exact plan? And I want to know what exactly God has for me. And it was paralyzing to him. And I think many people get paralyzed around uh, like and, and get flooded with high anxiety and can't make a decision. And so sometimes faith gets scarier and scarier because am I going to mess up? Now, sometimes we can get this thing in our head about like God's will or when we're thinking about what God might want for us or be saying to us and be like, it's not clear. Is there something, you know, is there something sinful in me? Am I not listening? Is, is there something going on? Am I too distracted? Well, maybe but not necessarily. 
although we can hear wrongly, we can, you know, <laughs> my wife can attest to that. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll go to the grocery store with a list that she, she's given me and here's her, her will and I'll get distracted or I'll see something that I want. And, and by the time I get back home, uh, after giving me a clear list, I'll like be missing like three or four items and have picked up items that were not on the list. And she's like, did I not tell you? Did, was the message not clear enough? And it was like, I just wasn't paying attention. So <laughs> we can hear wrongly or read wrongly or, you know, get distracted. We can miss things because of inattention or distraction. Sins can sometimes muffle and make us miss something important. Um, and when it comes to the Lord, I, this is also true. If we aren't getting clear direction or listening, you know, that, that, that can happen. But it also might be something different than that. Um, it might not necessarily be any of those things. And this leads us to the next relational principle. Principle four, if we have sought God's counsel and listened and he doesn't make it clear which decision, like at, if we're at a fork in the road and maybe there's two choices or multiple choices, we can trust that he wants us to make the decision because he's using this decision and past decisions to help develop us and mature us into having the confidence to know that, hey, we can make uh, wise and godly decisions um, that are before us. So if you're a person, whether you're a young person or old person, but um, you're really struggling making a decision and you're fearing messing up or missing out so much so that you're too afraid to make the call and maybe, or maybe you're kind of like abdicating your agency, your freedom, your ability to make decisions. You're abdicating and saying, well, God didn't make that clear. So I just, I'm just going to wait. And sometimes we do need to wait, but there's, there's times where God is saying with through his silence, like a parent that's drawn the boundaries or said, here's the park and you can play in it and you can make decisions. He's waiting on you to make a decision. When we make the decision and while we make the decision, we are learning to live with the good and the bad results of the decisions that we make. Some decisions aren't always right or wrong either. Sometimes we think it's only this or only that, like only this college or only that college or only this way or only that way. I think some decisions are can both be good. You can have you can have some better, some less good, some great, some horrible, or you could have decisions that are equally great. And it's up to you to make the decision on which path that you want to walk down. And then we have to learn to live with the path we choose, trusting that God will be with us every step of the way, helping us grow. For me, that takes off a tremendous amount of pressure. Wow, God's going to be with me. Sometimes the decisions I'm making, is, he's not giving me like the, a clear direction this way or that way. And if that's the case, like I can make the best decision I know how in that moment and I can learn from it. And God's going to be with me no matter what. Wow. Now, here's a simple illustration um, that might help with some of this. I wrote this a little while ago, but I remember uh, I put my son down who was like three years old at the time and uh, it was for a nap. And about 30 minutes after I'd put him down, he usually took a nap for about an hour. I walked out to the kitchen to get some food for something. I opened a cupboard, kind of started rooting through. And then I shut a big cupboard door only to find Wesley, my son, playing on the floor with a toy while munching on food. He scared the shield out of me. 
I had woken, he had woken up from his nap and had wandered into the kitchen on his own without me knowing it. But he wasn't in trouble. It wasn't like I was going to be like, you need to get back in your room right now. Why are you out here? <laughs> this was in within my will again for my son. It's like we had, we had uh, been teaching him like, hey, it's okay to like, you know, if you get up, get some food. Here's your area to grab some food from. Here's the good area. You can't get all, take all the candy. In fact, we've moved the candy up. But he had options. We were teaching him to like be able to like get snacks when he wanted to and play the way we felt it was okay for him to play. So it was okay to wake up. It was okay to choose to go to the kitchen and to eat and to play with his toys. Um, he wasn't hurting anybody with it and he was just having fun. And I didn't, I didn't have to say anything to him at that point or direct him, give him a direct thing. He was learning to make decisions and he was only three from a range of decisions. He could have done some other things too, uh, good and maybe bad within our house. And he was learning to make those decisions and live with them even if it meant once in a while scaring the shield out of me once in a while. Uh, side note, shield, just so you know, uh, is the Hebrew word for hell. Now, as we grow and get older, some of the stakes get higher. Questions might change from like waking up from a nap to like which toy should I play with and what snack should I eat to like who should I marry? What career should I choose? How do I put my marriage back together, and a whole litany of other questions that we face. But God may have direct guidance for us, and so we should listen and trust Him when we hear and sense that guidance from Him. But He often has given us a range of decisions and the freedom to choose with incredible agency. So I want to encourage you to rest easy in the relationality of God. You have a good heavenly father who cares and loves for you, wants you to grow in wisdom and character and confidence. And you can trust him. And even when you make a decision that you're like, have a lot of regret, or you like know this was the wrong decision, or you know you ignored him, you like had the list <laughs> in your hand, you're like, I want this and this and this, I don't want to do that. We have a heavenly father who loves us and will be with, he's like here for all of it. And he's going to help us. Doesn't mean he's going to love all of it, but he's going to help us. He's going to love us through all of it. Next week, I'd like to look at some models of hearing from God, how Christians in the, uh, in the Bible and Christians throughout history, um, just models of hearing from God and discovering his will and guidance in our lives. So tune in next week. I love you so much. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message, or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.